The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, December 5th, 2017, season 13, episode number 84. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We appreciate you guys taking some time with us. I know it's been a while since we've been on the air together. Uh, We've been on in mixed groups, but uh, we're back in the studio. How's everybody feeling this morning? Awesome. Awesome. So good. (laughs) Greatness. Good. Good. All right. Let's talk some Cowboys football. (laughs) Um, we're going to do a couple things today. I first want to talk a little bit about um, the Cowboys and the playoffs. I know on our joint show yesterday we talked a little bit about that, but I want to nail you guys down on some specifics about the teams that are ahead of the Cowboys right now and looking at what they've got coming up and what they have to do in order for the Cowboys to be able to even winning out because I think that's the first part that, that has to happen. But with that happening, what the realistic likelihood is in each of your opinions uh, that these other teams will do the things that they have to do in order for the Cowboys to jump past them. Um, and we'll do that. Uh, but before we get to that, um, I did want to talk a little bit first about a, an injury uh, concern, Orlando Skandrick. Uh, do, what do we know at this point about Orlando's injury um, and, and what his possibilities are as far as time that he may miss? Well, they're just going to take it day by day with him. Sounds right. And transfer transverse process. His Same back. thing as Romo? Yes. Him. Yeah, okay. So he uh, – It's amazing the stuff you learn about injuries because of football. You're like, oh, yeah, your transverse process. I know. I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you really where it is or what it looks like, but I know it's the Romo bone. And you are the offspring of a doctor. It's true. So you should know those things, right? He's a gynecologist. I mean no, – A little different. Yeah. <laughs> Not the same. Person. Not the same at all. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. Um <laughs> But Jason Garrett made it sound yesterday like they're not ruling him out at all. Really? I mean, take that for what it's worth. I mean, Jason Garrett wouldn't rule a guy out if he was missing a limb. But, you know, Romo missed one game in 2014 with the same injury. So, And, you know, Garrett also kind of allowed that it depends on the position. I mean, cornerback, you're not necessarily taking shots to your back. So I'd be I'd be kind of surprised if he plays this week, right? I. I would be surprised, but at the same time, you never know with Skandrick. I mean, sometimes he, it sounds like he's, you know, it's really like the worst thing, and then he comes back and he'll play, and can't tell from really how he's making it out to be. So I, I, I think he, I mean, I think he might play actually. Yeah, I, I don't. We'll find out. I mean, what, what, what recourse do they have on the roster? Do they have any corners on the practice squad? I mean, I guess they don't. Have, they could just make him inactive because I was going to say Ben Wickery has been inactive. They've been making do without Cheeto for a month at this point. That's so true. they could just use Ben A if they wanted to. If they, I think he's going to play though. Honestly, I that would be amazing to me. Just, I mean, I you know, like we just said, Romo only missed a week. It's not, it's not the be all end all of injuries, but you still have a cracked slash broken bone in your back and he is getting a i guess on the on the positive side it is a 10-day break so it's like a week and a half um until their next game right so so maybe that factors in yeah makes a difference can, for him to be ready to play but can we just stop and kind of marvel at that for a second like that you have a broken yeah they got like a three-day break so like maybe he can play with this broken bone in his back like that's insane it is. I would, that's football. I would sit this week out if it were me. But I mean, yeah. I mean, they are playing the Giants. So what are you trying to say? I'm just saying. You're saying it's sort of like a bye weekend. <laughs> wow. Damn. Don't say that because that that then that makes me really nervous. Like, oh god, that's the game that you lose. <laughs> that's I hate when that happens. Like when you're just like, oh, it's just whoever. I, no, in but. college football, <laughs> when your team plays a cellar dweller in yeah. college football, you're like, great, yeah, we can get the starters out early. Like this will be an easy week. In the NFL, you're just like, ah, no such thing. I don't right? want unless it's Cleveland. Game. Cleveland officially is there. BS <laughs> because 
the Cowboys played the Browns last year, uh-huh. and I believe they were winless. And around this building, heading into that game, everybody was terrified. Not me. Maybe not. Okay, don't. I, remember, yeah, I, rem- I actually I remember, remember Nick. I remember, yeah. I remember Broadus being scared of that, and I was yeah. like, they will kick their ass by 21 points. And I think it was worse than that. Yeah, yeah. it was 25. They were bad. I mean, they, they're just bad. But the problem is, is the Cowboys were a good team playing a bad team. Yeah. Now the Cowboys are an average team at best. Right playing now. without Zeke, I think they're an average team at best. Yeah. Playing a bad team. A bad team. Playing a, a division rival. An That's the fired team. Right. Mm. Well. What happens when you fire your coach and you go to the Meadowlands and you play at four fifteen and it's actually one it's one o'clock this time. I understand it's one PM, but you know, the the new version, the giant the Giants version maybe is gonna be they're gonna have Sunday one. At one. Trying to Sunday play at one o'clock. Sunday at one o'clock, MetLife Stadium. Yeah. All right. Um, one other thing, you guys, can you catch me up on Sean Lee? Uh, what's he looking like for this week? Like he's going to play? Good to go. Perfect. I mean, they're gonna. There's always more to it than that. I'm sure they're going to ease him in. I wouldn't be surprised if he's limited to start the week out. You or, talked to him at the hospital visits. I did. How many questions before you got to that? Actually, we started with that. It what? Was, it was. You good to go? Blah blah blah. Playing the Giants. What will it be like without Eli? This was at like 9.30 in the morning. We didn't know Eli was back in the lineup at the time. He's like, oh, yeah. They actually be, had another coach, yeah. It'll be it'll be kind of weird not playing against him. He's the only Giants quarterback I've ever played against. Two hours later, he's starting again. Um, no, but we started with the injury stuff, and then we were like, all right, what what is the hospital visit? I mean, oh. Yeah. Just kind of. Usually it goes the other way around. Usually you try to ease They were beating in. around the bush. But you try yeah. to ease into it with some polite questions, but with Sean, we were just like, you playing? What's going on here? And he's like, I'm good. Good to go. We had okay. thirty seconds with Dak Prescott, so and it was hospital visits. Why does your hand look all puffy like that? <laughs> you later. Staying? Are you staying? Yeah. yeah. His hand his is very swollen. Doesn't look good, but he says, "Oh, I signed autographs and I've sh- you know shook hands all day. I'm fine." I think he's going to be fine. He's, there's nothing he can do. It's just kind of it'll just yeah. go down. But, and if it's not broken, then it's right, like, you just you know. wonder about the grip of it. But he always plays well at the Meadowlands. So, <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's let's move into this playoff talk. And I know sometimes people get a little. I know Nate was not very happy with playoff talk yesterday. <laughs> of um, course he wasn't. But but I do think it's worth talking about because, to be honest with you, I think fans care about it because fans are looking at this thing and saying, you know, basically until the Cowboys are out of it, they want to know what are the possibilities that they can squeak into the tournament because that's the the object. Like if you can squeak in. It doesn't matter how you get there. If you can get in, then you never know what happens. But I, I can understand why Nate's frustrated by it at this stage because even though we're in December, there's still four games to go, and there's nothing that any of these other teams will do. It doesn't matter if the Cowboys don't take care of theirs. That's so true. That's like they have to – I mean, that's why I believe if they win out, they're in the playoffs. Okay, well, that's where we're going they're, with They're going to be in the playoffs. Because right now, when you look at it, it's it's a pretty daunting task when you look at where they sit and what that what has to happen. Let me run this down for you, and then I want to go team by team, and I want you guys to tell me how likely it is, in your opinion, that these teams do what they need to do in order to help the Cowboys. All right? Yeah. What's, what but let's just remember that the Cowboys are going to go 4-0. They five, have to. 5-0. In, in, in this scenario. So daunting and yes. all this stuff. Like the, the league's about to be flipped upside down anyways. So somebody's going to fall on its head, too. I hear what you're saying. I'm saying under this scenario, right. we are assuming that the Cowboys are going to go. They're going to win right. all the rest of their games, right? Craziness. And they're then if win. that happens, more games. these other things have to happen. Than okay? they have at any other point this season. Yeah, right. All right. That's a big assumption, but that's what we're going to assume for a second. That's fine. Just to have this conversation. All right? Whoa. Hey. <laughs> Zeke, sit down. They only, sit down. They only need to go 2-0 and before, before Zeke before comes back. The Christmas present comes back, yeah. So I'll just take Zeke. Is he going to be playing running back or three technique? Wow. I don't know. (laughs) That's a super duper size. I think he could be pretty good, though. Nobody's got faith in my guy to show up in shape, huh? Like, I don't know. Where is he? No idea, but I bet he's pissed off. Right now, he's been tweeting about Ohio State. That's good. So he's watching. One more time, Kent. Right now, he's too fat. Stop. I just, I, think, those, I, think, I just miss those press conferences. I think yeah, I do too. he's pissed off. and I, I, he's gonna, He should be. He's going to show up and shake. I wonder who that was about. Roy? Maybe. I was thinking Roy. Could have been Marcus Spears. He called Marcus Spears Fats Domino. <laughs> you know what I saw last night? Uh, this is off the subject. Colston Weatherington. 
Mm. The old name from back in the day, Nick. Who are you? you? probably remember. Yeah. Mm. C. They called him Big C. Yeah. I tell you what, that 2001 draft. looked the part. 2001 draft was one of the best arena league drafts. <laughs> in the NFL. Yeah. Yes. Where's Broadus? Get him in. He'll get mad. <laughs> My favorite thing for y'all that are listening, one of the best things that happens at our job is when Nick starts recounting the old Cowboys draft. How bad they were? That Broadus had a hand in. Broadus is like, yeah, we suck. He says the same thing. You were put on this earth to remember all the bad drafts we have. That's why I was out of a job. Great. Way to go, Sorry. Brian. It never gets old. And the, the thing about it is he takes a beating for it, but he was on the pro side of it for yeah. most of the time. I mean, he, but yeah, you know him. He's, he's a team guy, the, so he's he going to be like, guy. hey, he we all had a part in it. He falls on the you sword. Know? but yeah. but Every time Brian Broaddus has ever run into Dave Campo, he apologizes to him. <laughs> right. And I've heard fired. it's kind of uncomfortable because Dave doesn't really know what to say. Dave's just like, like, Brian, uh, it's, it's fine. Okay. Well, I mean, literally. Hey, Brian was a part of one of the best free agent pickups they've ever had. Ever. Who? Leroy Glover. That was. Is one of the best signings ever, and I think he was a, had a big part of that. He did. So he'll tell he you all about it. He'll tell you about it, but he also will. He takes a he yeah, takes he'll, a fall. He'll, he'll take it. He'll take it. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go through this list of, of teams, and I wanna I'm gonna start from the bottom. I'm gonna start with the teams that are closest to the Cowboys. Right now, there are six teams that are uh, right now either positioned as as high as wild card teams right now, all the way down to teams that are vying for the wild card, and there are six of them ahead of the Cowboys right now. I'm sorry. One, two, three. There are five of them ahead of the Cowboys right now. So basically, you got six teams that are battling for two wild card spots. Does that make sense? Yes. So let's start from the bottom. Ahead of the Cowboys? Five of them are ahead of the Cowboys right now. Yeah. So let's start from the bottom at the ones closest to the Cowboys, and I'll tell you what they need to do. I'll tell you what their schedule looks like, and I want you to tell me how realistic it is that they're going to do that, right? The Green Bay Packers right now are six and six. Uh, They are playing this weekend at Cleveland, and then. Next week, Man. they get Rodgers back, and they have to play at Carolina, at Minnesota, at Detroit. The Cowboys need them. If the Cowboys went out, the Cowboys need them to lose only once. How realistic is the Green Bay Packers lose once? They better lose to the Browns this weekend, man. I'm telling you. If they <laughs> that dude. if they find a way past the Browns, I'm putting them in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, yes. Are you kidding me? It's hard to bet against them. Right? I mean, you guys. Other than the fact they're playing at Minnesota. Minnesota is playing out of its mind. Right I now. don't care. Like, I'm sorry. Again, I, people give me crap about it. I love Aaron Rodgers too much. I get it. But he's the man. And he is. Minnesota's the team that hurt him. In, like he's gonna be so pissed off to play that game. I think, yeah. If he gets back and they're seven, so if they're seven and six and he comes back, they're going. The they're going three and zero. Like right. I, I would bet on it. So they're not gonna. They're gonna be one of the playoff teams. So now you're down to five teams battling for one spot. That I mean, that's I mean, I get Nick's point that if the Cowboys really get on a roll, like some other, some other breaks will fall their way, and like some teams have to lose. There's a lot of divisional games coming up, but like. A lot of stuff has to go their way over these. I mean, f- even if they went out, they still need some help. Like their percentage of making the playoffs only at like seven or eight. Oh yeah, they need they need a lot of help. That's what we're going through right all now. Right, they need right, a lot sorry. of help. Go ahead, Amber. Well, I mean, according, according, according to you guys, they they're not no team is gonna lose against the Browns. So they need. I mean, no, that would be the most NFL thing ever. Is like everybody's like. If, if they beat the Browns, Rodgers comes back. They're going, the, and then they, and they look the, past them. They look yeah. past them thinking, we just got game? one more game to get through. Where is that game? They're playing at Cleveland. God, that would be. <laughs> Nick's like, hmm. I think, I mean, seriously, why wouldn't. Would, Cleveland still hasn't won, have they? No. That's the kind of game that a winless just, team wins. I imagine Aaron Rodgers walking through that locker room, like, after they lose to the Browns. He's just like. Really? Like, <laughs> y'all are pitiful. Like, you can't help me. Out. You can't beat the Browns and help, like, help me help you. Get <laughs> get me a 7-6 and six record so I can get us to the playoffs, and you can't even do that. I don't think they'll go 3-0 with him. He, okay. I don't, I don't so they'll lose one. You think they'll lose one? Yeah. Amber, you think? I don't I think, think he'll be. He can't be 100%. Yeah. That's a good point. It's hard to bet against him, yeah. but there must be a loss that is a right rush. in there. Like, he but I mean, the bone is the bone, right? I mean, it once the bone's healed, the bone's healed. Uh, listen, tell that to Tony Romo. We have I mean, we. I think we are all pretty experienced in covering like, yeah. the broken collarbone injury, mm-hmm. and I mean, we haven't really ever seen anybody come back from it. And it'll be pretty early if he comes back. So will I'm, it? I'm, 
think so. I think it's going to end up being like eight weeks. Wasn't it? Weeks? A, wasn't it a collarbone that he came back from in 2013? And he he put the uh, he put the Packers in the playoffs with a last second win against the was Bears. It was that a collarbone? I thought it was. No, I don't remember. But I oh, you know what? That's not true. I said he hadn't come back. Romo came back from it, but he didn't look great. That's no, that's true. I mean, it it took a while for him to get going, and then he and he re-injured it. So I'm just not. I'm not. I don't think Superman is coming back this year. I think right. he'll come back and he'll help him. He'll probably be better than the other guy. But I, I don't know. I I think it'll be he'll be good enough. I think the Rodgers' return is going to help the Cowboys because he's going to beat some of those teams. You well, to it's beat. at Carolina, it's at Minnesota, and it's at Detroit, which Detroit's going to be the next team we talk about. Um, they right now. They finished the season with four straight road games? No. No, no, no. Agree, Minnesota's got to be at home. Minnesota, yeah, you're that's right. where he got A-B- hurt. No? Minnesota's at home. He got hurt, he got hurt at, at Minnesota. Minnesota. So that game will be at home. Uh, probably at Cleveland and then home against uh, – who else? Say Carolina I'm against Minnesota at Carolina. Yeah, maybe that's it. I don't yeah. know. It doesn't matter. All right, but Dave, you're the only one saying right now that Rogers, if that that they win down the street, you think they win all four of their remaining games? I'm not betting against my guy. If they lose, then it'll be up at the Browns this weekend. All right, let's turn to Detroit. Detroit is also six and six, um, and they have they need to lose one game for the Cowboys to move ahead of them. Uh, they're playing at Tampa Bay. They're playing Chicago at Cincinnati, and then they finish the season against Green Bay. None of those teams other than Green Bay seems like a really, certainly not a, a great teams. None of them probably are going to be in playoff contention. However, Detroit's not playing great right now themselves. Can I do my best Eatman impression? Yeah. It's the Lions. Like, why, why are we talking about this? <laughs> they're going to go 8-8 eight and eight or 7-9. and nine. Okay. They are the quintessential can't-keep-it-together team. Vi- Vikings are going to beat the Packers again. And the Packers are going to beat the Lions, so so both, both of them, them will take nine and seven. Last year was the first time the Lions wow. have ever kept it together long enough to make the playoffs, right? Yeah. Like they started six and two, and I think they finished nine and seven. Like they didn't even finish that strong, and they eked in, and they lost by like thirty points to the Seahawks in the playoffs. So like even when they get there, it doesn't matter. Like they're not making the playoffs. All right, let's move on to Atlanta. Atlanta right now is seven and five. They're a game ahead of the Cowboys, but they also have a tie break because they beat them head to head, which means that the Cowboys really need them to lose twice or at least a game and a half in order for the Cowboys to be ahead of them. Uh, they have down the stretch, they play New Orleans uh, at New Orleans and at home. So they play New Orleans twice. They, they're sandwiched in between those games um, is a, a road trip to Tampa Bay. And then they finish the season against Carolina. Do they lose two of those final four? Need to be big Saints fans for the next month. Yeah, because you kind of want the Saints at this point to push ahead. Just keep I winning, can't. right? I, yeah. I mean, uh, with the Seahawks, or I'm sorry, with the Eagles losing on Sunday night, the Saints are in play for a bye now too. Yeah. So, I would imagine they're going to be pretty motivated. So, yeah, the Eagle game was was the, like a double whammy for sure because not only did Seattle win, but I don't see any way Philadelphia has nothing to play for at the last game of the season. If, even if it's just to, to get home field advantage. Home field advantage, yeah. or they may be sitting in the number two spot. They don't want to fall to three. I mean, the way the Vikings are playing, the way the Saints are playing, that game's going to mean something. Even if it's one and two going to have a bye, and you got to be battling for that top spot for the, where the championship game will be, it's worth playing. So you're saying we could still get flexed? Oh, flex. Yeah, I up. thought about that. Yeah, there's a there's a likely – No flex. If the, I'll say this. If the Cowboys get on this winning streak – and they have won up until that point, and Philly has something to play up, play for, you best believe that game's going to get There would be nothing, like, greater in the world than to just be sitting, like, on a plane, just eating, like, a, a, like a Some steak, cheese and crackers. And be like, hey. What? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Oh, okay, whatever. I got to like this. <laughs> cool. You too. <laughs> oh, boy. That you would too. be miserable. Yeah. First world problems, guys. Although, although. If they actually win the game and they're in the playoffs, does that change it a little bit? Yeah, that that plane would be pretty, <laughs> yeah. pretty lit. Just gonna say that would be. Um, one thing that you got to remember here is, yeah, Falcons, Packers, those those teams have a tie break. I get it, but if it comes down to, let's say that Seattle loses a game, and you beat you have to beat Seattle, so now you're tied with Seattle and you're tied with Atlanta. You know, 
it happened to the Cowboys a few years ago. Like, why were the Cowboys having to play Green Bay? They beat Seattle. Why did Seattle get him? Because when you get into a three-way tie, head-to-head isn't always doesn't really matter. Conference record. So you, and, and that's also the thing when you start talking about the NFC South. If there are two teams in the NFC South that are part of that tie, then they have to kind of figure out between the two of them first who is the one that's ahead, yeah. and then you do the tie break with them and the other team, right? right? So that also will help if the Cowboys are in there, and let's say it's Atlanta and Carolina that they're tied with. If Carolina has the tie break over Atlanta, sure. like as a division, then that means that the Cowboys would then only be have tie breaks against Carolina. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, the Cowboys, the NFC record's not great either, but it, it will be. It it'll may, get better if they get, win down the stretch. It'll get better here. The only record of theirs that's any good right now is division. That's – yeah. That's about it. It's nothing. Every, so people here, I keep hearing people talk about that, and I'm like, I don't even know why that's relevant. It, it isn't. If you're, if I mean, at all. I mean, it doesn't. There's no tiebreaker that that goes to that, right? Mm. I think not you, unless you're not unless you're in again one of those tiebreak scenarios, and it's another team from your division, right? Yeah, guys. Yeah, the Cowboys win out, and the Eagles lose out. <laughs> Division. Let's get really crazy. Division champs. Let's All right. Let's take our final break. When we come back, we do first, still need to talk. First break. What are you doing? I'm sorry. Yes, let's take our first break. There you go. I'm a little bit off. It's okay. Let's take our first break. And when we finish our first break, we'll come back. We need to talk still about Carolina and Seattle. Uh, we'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas in football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. Welcome back. Second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about playoffs what the Cowboys' chances are of getting into the playoffs. We're going through and looking at each team um, and trying to decide if we think it's a realistic chance. What are Why you is that funny, I'm Nick? I'm laughing because I, I, I'm thinking of the Jerry drop to open the show. I, I guarantee you that if they lose one of these games, you're just going to hear that drop. Well, so much for that. <laughs> yeah, That's why I was All could go away very quickly if you take one loss. So Yeah, that's... But I understand. We haven't done a show in a week. We need to talk about all these. We do scenarios. Need to talk about, but it. nothing, nothing really matters if you don't go out and win these games. You got to go beat Eli Manning. Yep. Let's just right. put Nate and Nick on the. Nothing matters if they don't win the show, and they can talk about that. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, all I'm saying is, is that they have to take care of their. For sure. They have to win. I mean, it's still kind of early because. There's going to be some something that you just don't expect. You just don't I mean you don't expect some of these teams to to you know get hot or you know lose two or three in a row. Eagles still have to lose two in a row. So they got one more loss and they're going to lose. You did say that. You did yeah. say they'll lose some. Yeah. yeah. They got the Rams next, so. All right. So let's get to Carolina. Carolina right now is at 8 and 4, two games ahead of the Cowboys. Um their schedule is is pretty tough down the stretch. 
They've got Minnesota this week, um, and then they've got uh, Green Bay, presumably with the return of Aaron Rodgers. Then they've got Tampa Bay. Then they've got Atlanta. Three of the four teams are playoff contention type teams. Uh, do you think they can win? Do you think they will lose two games uh, to give the Cowboys a shot here? I do not respect the Panthers, and and that's a that's that's on me. I just don't like their game. I don't that I would never really think that they're going to win. They obviously do. They're eight and four. It's a really good record. I don't think they have offensive playmakers that are that great. I don't really love the quarterback at all. I don't know. I just feel like they're always going to lose, but they don't. They're, they just don't scare me. They're just so di- they're so Jekyll and Hyde. Like they can be so good and so bad. Yeah, defense is awesome. Like I mean, I, I got a chance to watch a good part of that game against the Saints, and right. they got awesome players at like every level of their defense. And then, but base, I mean, Nick's right. Like, there's nobody really on that offense that terrifies me. Christian McCaffrey's all right. Yeah. Curtis Samuel was having a good season until he Bunches went on. is their best receiver. Yeah. It like it based like if Cam balls out, they win, and if he isn't awesome, they lose. That's yep. and he is not consistent at all. So. It just kind of depends on what cam you're getting, really. Like I think that ultimately is what it boils down to. Like if he's if he's on his game, they're pretty tough to beat. And if he's not, I mean, like they kind of, I mean, for being eight and four, or they were eight and three going into it. Like they kind of got their butts kicked, yeah. by the Saints. And I mean, I know if you watch the game, it really yeah. felt like they got their butts kicked. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, the Saints ran all over them, which yeah. defense is their calling card. So I think uh, linebackers and the speed at linebackers is really the key to beating beating them because. You got to be able to somewhat spy him and not let Cam just go crazy and run the ball. If he have to sit sits in there and you know make those throws from the pocket, that's not his strength. I mean, he needs to be kind of out running. So to me, if you have a good fast defense, and you know, I guess the Saints kind of you would say have a fast defense somehow. The yeah. Saint, like the Saints went from laughing stock to respectable defense seemingly yeah. overnight. I don't know. I, I personally, I think that they'll they'll kind of be what are they eight and four? They're eight and four. It smells like ten and six to me. Okay, so they would lose two in that scenario, and you think they're uh, they're down there where that gives Cowboys a chance. Yeah. All right. Kind of need to be in a three way tie with somebody that you didn't you didn't play. Yeah. Amber, what do you think? I agree, but I mean the Panthers. It is a team that I just I I'm on Nick's side on this one. I just never know. Like I really don't like them, but then again, they are winning and they are better than the Cowboys right now. So. It's one of those that you just hope to see them lose, but they just keep winning. So I'm not sure. I think they could definitely win all of that, all of those games. So you know, you you get to the point in the season two where you know you're talking about what they've done, and you think, well, you know, this is this is the type of team they're going to be. But you got to remember, you got to just look no further than the Cowboys. Some of these really good teams that Cowboys have had, even back to 2007, you know, it's different in December. It, it gets it's tougher to win. It's tougher to throw. It's tougher to do the same type of things that you normally do. So I think those teams that are kind of built for cold weather are gonna are, you know have a chance to to maybe you know uh, keep this thing going. Because just because of what you've seen through the first three months doesn't mean you'll see it in the final month. Yeah. You, know, you wonder about a team like Philly, you know. But I I mean I think I think Carson Wentz you know will be fine throwing the ball, whatever. But, you know, some of these teams that maybe throw the ball a little bit more that maybe not as good. Well, the other thing I'll point out here, too, is that you actually kind of want them to win some of these games because you kind of want them to put that loss on Atlanta. Yep. Um, and you you may even want them to put that loss on Green Bay. I kind of feel like Green Bay can, can maybe lose to, to Minnesota if you buy into that. And so that gets them the loss. Or Cleveland. And then you want – Carolina to lose the, the other games but but yeah you do want them to win that Atlanta game because you need to put losses on Atlanta as well so it, th- that's the other part and you guys said this at the beginning it's so true these teams are all going to play each other and so what you don't want is you don't want these teams that are playing each other to kind of win and lose you want somebody to get on a roll and just win and you want the other ones to just get on a roll and just lose so that yes maybe one spot is taken as a wild card but that other spot gets vacated because all these other teams are taking losses. Um, that's really what you want to see. You don't want them splitting these games because you split them and then everybody kind of still stays right there above the Cowboys. All right, let's talk about the last team that's in that mix, Seattle, 8-4. and four. Uh, Cowboys will play them. Um, and so if we're assuming the Cowboys are going to win, that would be one loss. They'll need one more uh, against Seattle. Seattle has on the remaining on their schedule. They're at Jacksonville this week. Uh, they play the Rams. 
then they're at the Cowboys, and then they finish the season against Arizona. Likelihood that they get another loss other than the Cowboys. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good chance. That Who do you think can get them? Well, Jacksonville this week. Any of those three, really. You buying Jacksonville? Yeah. I'm buying that defense. The defense is good. And, you know, the way Seattle plays, I mean, those game, that game will be close. It'll be a close, tight game. Um, I, I, I mean, Russell Wilson's playing great. Yeah, my thing is he put, he's putting up – they're putting up a, a pretty good amount of points. And, I mean, that, was, that wasn't a, a bad defense that they beat up on last week. Philadelphia has a good defense. So it does make me wonder against a Jacksonville team where, you know, offensively they're pretty inept. Like, they don't have the greatest offense. If, you, if they can't run the ball, you can shut them down. I don't know if it'll be enough to be able to, to beat a team like Seattle. Let's, let's have a conversation here. Like, my love for Aaron Rodgers is well-established. Russell Wilson is entering into that territory. I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. Like he is, he is in that category or is rapidly climbing into that category where you're just like, he's on the field. All right. They got yep. a shot. I don't care who they're playing. I don't care who's on their injury report. I don't care where the game is. They got a chance. Cause he's awesome. He is he, in right now in the NFL. He is my favorite quarterback to watch. He's oh my God. He's it's so, so fun to watch him because you, it's like Romo when Romo kind of, got into the league, and he's spinning and whirling, and you don't know where he's going to go, and guys think they got him sacked, and then all of a sudden he's out of it, and it's just fun to watch. It is really fun to watch. I was not under the impression, like, I wouldn't have put him in that category when when the season started, but, I mean, Brady, Rodgers, not even, like, I mean, like, Drew Brees is capable of playing that way, but, like, the way they're playing, it's, they don't even lean on him that way. Yep. But, like, Russell Wilson is one of those three or four guys where he just – they have a chance because he's there. I mean, how many games this season has he accounted – you know, Seattle will put up 380 yards of offense and 350 of them are his. You know, like, they don't even bother running the ball anymore. Yeah, and think about it from that standpoint. Like, the running the running backs aren't great. Offensive line is Literally, average at best. Nothing is great. Baldwin is the best receiver that they got, and that's not great, well, right? Graham's coming along, but I was going to say, as a tight end, Graham is actually catching a lot of touchdowns, and that's a, that's a good thing. But even their defense, where that's been their calling card, they've lost two of their best defensive players and still haven't seemed to miss a beat. So, all that being said, I think they're putting a ton on the shoulders of Russ of of. Of Russell and and he's still managing to play extremely well and the, get him wins the way he's playing and obviously like this would involve them beating the Cowboys which renders the Cowboys playoff chances moot but I would not be surprised if they wind up winning the NFC West I mean I agree with that if they beat the Rams if they win out what like and then you could find yourself in a situation where the Rams are the wild card which that ain't good for the Cowboys they have a tiebreaker over you as well so like I mean. If you're listening, it's very evident just from hearing all the like a lot of stuff has to go the Cowboys way over the next yep. month on top of them winning all their games. Yep. So I'll finish that with that question. How likely do you think it is the Cowboys win all four of their final games? Not likely. Not likely. This team has not shown any kind of consistency other than to be inconsistent. That's the only consistency that we've really seen from them. So I don't know. I just even with Zeke, I mean they they didn't they were five and three. So but they were getting on a roll. When he went out, yeah. they were kind of getting – you could feel that they were starting to get – they were starting to roll, right? I mean, three games in a row? Right. But just the way they were playing. Offensively, the way they were playing, it seemed like they were starting to find their rhythm and they were starting to get on a roll to where the yards were coming a lot easier than they were earlier in the season. Right. You guys agree with that? Yes. Yeah. Which, that's – honestly, this all sounds like a tough task, and I've used this cliche a few times already. But like, I, it's it's a two game season because the whole thing changes if you're you know if you can get to Seattle at eight and six. Yeah, I give them. I mean, I, I think you got a puncher's chance. You see what happens if if that comes to pass. Obviously, I mean, that's a tough task going on the road twice and getting two wins without him. I mean, there's you know they're six and six, and they have not beaten a team with a winning record. So, but that's you know. That's not really doesn't really matter at this point. You know, you're going to play the Giants. The Raiders might have a winning record if you play them. You know, Seattle probably will if you get to play them. And then you got to beat Philly, and they definitely will. So, you know, but my point is, is that the wins, those three games on a roll you're talking about, they beat the Redskins. Okay, that was a pretty good game. And they beat the Chiefs, and the Chiefs now look horrible. Very mortal. And they beat the 49ers, which – think Clemson could too. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> Maybe. The 
But I don't know. I I just I look would at the this Niners and, be in the final four. The Niners would just absolutely roll to the Niners. I'm kidding. I'm of kidding. course they would. Uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be tough. But I, I do think it's doable. And I, I I said this at the beginning of the season. I still believe it. I think if the Cowboys have Ezekiel Elliott, and certainly if they have Tyron Smith and they have Sean Lee and these guys that have been kind of banged up throughout the year, if they are at eight and six whoever heading they, to to play guy, Seattle, they off the roster, <laughs> getting ready to play Seattle, and they've got their they got all those guys in, then they will be among the healthiest teams in the league when you start looking at it from that perspective. Um, and that does give them, like you said, Dave, it does give them a puncher's chance. Again, a lot of things have to work out their way, but I think this is far from over. It's just, you know, obvious, this is so obvious, but, like, you know, back in October, you're like, this loss to the Rams is going to come back and haunt them. Yeah, it sure did. Sure could. You'd feel a lot better right now if you were 7-5 and five doing this whole thing. And had that tie break over yeah. the Rams, who yeah. could find themselves being a wild card um, if, if Seattle keeps winning. If you could I, just have one, would you take that one or Atlanta? Oof, even though the Atlanta one wasn't, it was not even close. Well, you have to take Atlanta because right now Atlanta is a wild card. Or would you? They're firmly planted as a wild card no. type team. Or would you? Well, they're not going to win the division. I, no, well, wild card contender. They they wouldn't right. be in the playoffs. No, no what I mean is yeah, I like you. they're you're going to be battling with them for a wild card. They're not going to win their division. I would. The take, Rams, they're still up there and possibly win their division. I would take Atlanta because it means that you played a decent game against them without Zeke, which is, I mean, I know they just makes you feel better. Yeah, I mean. They beat the crap out of the Redskins. Kudos to them. Good job. But, like, the offense still wasn't really that great. Like, they, I mean, they got it done mainly because of takeaways and awesome special teams play. Like, that was the catalyst for that win. So, if they had managed to find a way to beat Atlanta, then I would assume that meant that they were playing better on offense. And that would give me more hope that they can win these next two games without them. All right. Let's go ahead and take our final break. When we come back, Amber has a little game for us. So we're going to jump in and hear some of those questions that she's going to throw out uh, to the group. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good. Smell good. Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit Stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back to the break. Welcome back. This is the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, take it away. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot Don't. about Tommy John. You know what? When you want to wake up in the morning and feel good about yourself, just put on some Tommy John. You won't even really feel anything at all just because of that. So you're saying wear my bed. You could. You can. But I, I don't think so. I think you should probably, you know, get a nice, you know, when you're fresh and clean in the morning after yeah. a shower, hopefully. That you can get on a fresh pair of Tommy John. There you go. That's a good idea. With a contour patch. Yep. Pouch. Not a patch. Not a if patch. you pouch. go to TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys, you'll get 20% off your first pouch. order. I would think at this point, most people are already on their first, second order. 
I don't know what you get for your second order. Maybe maybe it's not 20%. I don't know. It's a good, good question. There's only one way to find out, and that's TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Thank you, Nick. Boom. <laughs> Amber, you got so some exciting. questions for us? I do. Since we haven't been here for a while, I thought I'd give the fans a chance to shoot out their questions and for you guys to answer them, okay? All right. So, <laughs> all right. What would be y'all's best combination of players at each position in the secondary? Well, I really like what Cheeto did at cornerback the other night, so. I'm a Cheeto fan. I'm ready to ride with that, yeah. Um, so he's on one side. I never, probably Jordan on the other side. So you want Skandrick out? I, I mean, I, I, I never liked him that much on the outside. Like, he's such a good okay. slot cornerback. I don't want to mess I thought you were saying I didn't like him very much. Either. No, I love Orlando Skandrick. Yeah. I just, I, it's not a lie. He's, like, he's... His his prickly personality resonates with me. I that makes so much sense. I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jordan, Does he love you. I think he likes me more than most people that come into the locker room. Uh, in, I thought you said just most people in general. He's like he was being a jerk to me one time recently, and I was like, "Leave me alone." And he was like, "You know, like the fact that I bother messing with you at all means I like you, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, okay, it's still annoying." He does stop by and kind of have a little conversation with you from time to time yeah. on the plane. I yeah. think he, I think he likes you. We're home. Is it just Dave? And like, is he having the conversation with Dave? Well, sometimes, yes. But there's also sometimes... But the whole having, plane. Yeah, he's just talking out loud and hoping somebody bites on whatever he's saying. <laughs> yep. And see where it goes, right? He's a fisherman conversation guy. Just like, hey, guys. <laughs> Cheeto, who's going to bite on this one? <laughs> Cheeto, Jordan, Skandrick. Um, hey, let's... I mean, let's just ride the hot hand here. Kayvon, get out there. Um... And then whatever. I mean, by, you want the other one? I, I it, it doesn't matter. I've been saying that since July. Like, just it, they rotate it anyway. Just whatever combination you got, it's not great, but it is what it is. Like, yeah, they're all gonna play. The thing about Heath is that Heath is better than Byron Jones, and he's worse than Byron Jones. Like Byron Jones doesn't have a lot of bad bad plays. Heath will have some bad plays, but he has some good plays. The, the play the other night where Crowder fumbled and it was calf was touching the ground and they called it, you know, a, a, him down. That ball went to Heath. I mean, Heath is the one that picked it up. He also got the interception. He's got another interception. He's picked off Aaron Rodgers twice in, in a year when no one was doing that. The ball kind of finds him. The, the Bucks game, two interceptions. But he also lost the game because he had a holding penalty that, you know, when they had the game won. So, uh, Heath is just kind of, you know, he's very up and down, and Byron Jones is just kind of there and doesn't really do anything. So, does that answer anything? Yeah. What about I mean, Xavier Woods? I think he's. I, I've there. You you've seen flashes of of potential from him, but he's the classic case of like, if you were to throw him out there for sixty snaps, I'm 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 not convinced it would look good. Is that just youth and inexperience? Absolutely. He's a rookie. He's a sixth so, round. But pick. you got two other rookies out there. Also, you okay with those guys? Two other rookies, one at of, corner. Yeah, they were drafted much higher. I mean, yeah. I know, like we were really high on Xavier Woods during the draft process. He was still a day three pick. Cheeto was his top sixty. Jordan Lewis would have been a first round pick if not for the off the field stuff. So I think that's a little bit different. Okay, Kayvon Frazier, great game, showed some you know physical nature. That's that's awesome. But let's see how let's see what happens when he's asked to do everything that a safety needs to do. Because I've seen a safety around here that was a five-time Pro Bowler that once the teams figured him out, he was nothing. And so let's see if he has to go and do those things. Or if he can play close to the line of scrimmage like Barry Church did a lot of times, great. Because I think that's that's what he's good at. But if he has to go back and cover, we'll see if he can handle that. And that kind of plays into my point, which is between the four main candidates to play safety you can kind of get it done moving them around and getting them all out there and giving them all a role like there's no two guys that you're just like these are the guys that need to be playing 80 snaps a game like they don't have that and that's i mean i think safety is one of their top two or three draft needs because of that well the other thing i'll say about Kayvon frazier and i mentioned this on the show yesterday is um he does give them an attitude that i think right now is sorely missing on this defense i don't think you have a lot of guys on this defense that'll really pop a guy and I think he will and I think that's something that even though today's NFL you're not going to get away with with the stuff you would have gotten away with 10 or 15 years ago I still do think having a safety who is a sure tackler 
and attacks with a thud, I think there's something to that, and I think he, he provides that for you. None of your other safeties provide that. Yeah, it's it's one of the worst positions in the NFL for a guy to play because it's really a no-win situation. Because it's changed so much, yeah. I mean, that game last night was atrocious, and you know you feel for a lot of those players because they're trying to be in a physical situation, and you know the game happens so fast, and the next thing you know, you know they're getting fined. Because of this super slow mo, you just see helmet to helmet, you know. But then, if a guy backs off in the end zone and doesn't hit helmet to helmet, then he looks soft and he give up a touchdown. So they they have no no shot. Well, right. you guys brought up um, Byron Jones. How committed do you guys think that the Cowboys are with him? Long term, like financially. Yeah, like moving Where's forward, like contract? how committed? Well, it, he's got it, entering his, his third year. He's entering his fourth season. So you got to make your decision on a fifth year option when May. And this I, coming May. I I don't think they do that. I would not either. I can't I can't see what justifies it right now. I and think they move positions. I think he moves to corner. I would. Yeah. I don't, as a corner, is he any better? I mean, like no, he's not. But I mean, he he is not very big to play safety. He he he. He's always on some. I mean, but he's it's not so piggyback it's, back ride king. But does 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 size really matter as much as just? Is or is it just yes. that his ability to tackle isn't as as good as it needs to be in order to play safety? Because there have been some safeties in the league that aren't big guys that are good safeties, right? I just Eric Weddle is a good one that comes to mind. Like he's a shorter guy, but he's a good safety. In a perfect world, I would spend my first or second round draft pick on a starting caliber safety, and I would have Byron play the final year of his contract as like that dime tight end guy like the extra defensive back is that what you want from a guy you drafted in the first round no but basically you're about to make him jj wilcox type just yeah. that kind and, of snap number snap and i think he's he's really he would be really good in that role he has been before and i think it works for him that allows him to find the balance between his size and his his um what word am I, athleticism like he's not out there playing corner he's not that great at safety, but he can cover and you know deal with tight ends and do stuff like that. Like I said, it's it's a role playing job. It's not what you want from a guy you drafted in the first round, but that's where you're at. That's what I would do. Like I, I'm not trying to go into 2018 with him as one of my primary defensive starters. That's I wouldn't do that. But did Ryan Switzer earn his swagger? I think that might have been directed at me. Maybe. Yeah, but I could answer that. Eh? What do you think? Uh, I need a few more games. <laughs> do that. Do it's that better. every game for the rest of the year. How about that? And then you can have swagger. Uh, hey, that was pretty badass. If he wants to swagger walk around, I think he earned it. <laughs> but you know, the thing about it is we and we said we talked about this, I think it was either last week or the week before. He had started showing that he's gonna break one of these. Like he started having some some returns where you were you were saying, like, he's in position in some of these instances. He makes one different cut here or there, and he could take that to the house. And so I think I don't think it's just about what he did last week. And obviously scoring makes a difference, but really what he's been doing the last few weeks suggests that he's starting to get it. And it's starting to to get to a point where he is becoming a bit of a threat in the return game. Yeah. He's got to consistently get, he's got to get up the field. Uh, and then when you get up the field, that's where things will start breaking down. You know, and you're going to take some big hits. There's going to be some times when you you guess wrong and you're going to get hit by a guy going, you know, 50 yards down the field. And he's obviously going to be bigger than him. So, you know, the, you're going to take some big shots. But I think it's a risk-reward thing. And um, He's definitely done better. And yeah, he's it took him a while, but he's getting there. I thought he would be more involved in the offense, especially as stagnant as it is. I thought he would be involved in it, but he yeah. hasn't been. Well, Cole hasn't either. So it's hard to get two of those guys involved when you can't even get one involved. So that's the next question. If I mean, based on what we've seen with him and the speed he has and all that, would you guys want to see him more involved in the offense? Give me this. Yeah. Give me this one right I here. was thinking the same thing. <laughs> here's the Here's the problem. <laughs> This guy's not going anywhere. He doesn't want to go anywhere, and it's really hard for the coaching staff to do anything. And that's the – he's the – I hate to say this, but when it comes to Switzer, he is a progress stopper. But they could use him on things like the jet sweep, which I think the way that they used um, – Lucky. Lucky. There's no reason why they couldn't use Switzer the same way. And they were getting – there was a point last year when they had a stretch of five or six games – they were doing that every game and getting 10, 12 yards every time they tried it. I, and I think that, in a, again, 
when you have a team where you're trying to figure out ways to run the ball and move the ball, but you want to be able to run the ball, that just creates one more dynamic that you have to pay attention to. You combine Alfred Morris with the jet sweep, with Dak being able to run. Now there are a lot of different ways you can run the ball, and the defense has to account for every single one of them. And I think that only helps you. I just I'm I'm a little bit surprised that they haven't started doing that more, especially with Zeke out of the lineup. Yeah, I, you're right. Especially now that Zeke's not there, it seems like something that would make sense. It doesn't seem like it should be that hard, even with Jason Witten out there, to get him two to four touches a game. Or hey, you could do that with twelve personnel. Give him, give him a package. I don't know. Um, I think that I, I think these these guys are they. I think of it as stubborn, and they think of it like they're they're committed to their philosophy and who they are, and blah blah blah. And, uh, I think they're stubborn. I don't, they don't. <laughs> it's a thin line between commitment yeah. and stubbornness, right? And, I mean, it's one of those questions where, like, I don't, I don't have a great answer because I don't, I think it's weird too. Yeah. So I know we talked about this several weeks ago, and I don't really want to get into it too much, but people are asking Randy Gregory, what's going to happen with him? Is it looking like a possibility of coming back? I know that I heard Brian the other day kind of mention. Uh, I guess you have to put, like sign something. You have to petition, petition the league for reinstatement. Um, he hasn't done that, from what I hear. No, he was supposed to have a hearing back at the beginning of November. I don't know if anything came of that. He hasn't been reinstated. Even when he is reinstated, he can't come back to the team until January. It's a moot point for this season. Wait, explain that to me. He can be reinstated, but not allowed to come back to the team, or oh. not allowed to play. He's serving a suspension right now. Right. What I'm saying is you said he could be reinstated and not be allowed to come back. If you think about like being like you're not you're not banned from the league or whatever when you're suspended. You know what I like Zeke's not Zeke doesn't need to be reinstated. I Randy was suspended enough times or had enough problems that that's a whole different thing. When you say reinstated, you're meaning being reinstated as a as an NFL player that's still suspended. Yes. Gotcha. That's what I was asking. And it's a year-long suspension. It was like it's not games; it's a calendar year. And so he's not eligible to actually come back from suspension until January, January. right? So that you won't see him this year. I I don't honestly like to be a hundred percent real. Like I don't know where it sits a hundred percent right now. I know he's still got to deal with that. I've heard that there's reason for optimism that maybe that can all work out in time, but it won't. I, be. I hope it's. I hope those reasons for optimism are things happening in Dallas and not Cleveland. That's what I hope. Oh, no. Well, you're talking about Josh Josh Gordon, Gordon, who you never thought would come back to the league again, and he has. And had a pretty decent day the other day. Yeah, that's great. No, that's an an awesome story. But, I mean, like, reason for optimism based on what's going on in Randy's Gregory's life. Hope so. And there's also a big difference, too. Josh Gordon lit up the league. Randy Gregory still, I mean, before all of this, was not a great pass rusher. I mean, that's he was the, a young, it, needing to that's develop your, pass That's rusher. your uh, w- uh, choice of words there? Lit up the league? Ow. <laughs> Sorry. Good point. I was, I was trying like, to be like that, but... <laughs> I was like, yeah. Did you bring it up? I'm like, what's wrong with that? He had a great year. And <laughs> he I'm did. Like, oh, that's yeah. what he's talking about. So, let's just hope this doesn't happen, but if the Cowboys are mathematically... You got it? Yes, I got it slowly. Close enough. (laughs) Close enough. If they're math, yeah, out (laughs) out. of the playoff, would you guys expect the Cowboys to sit out Sean Lee, Jalen Smith, and even Zeke? No. Would you want them to even do that? Play football. You get 16 games a year. Play football. That's my thing. That's what they'll say. Even for Sean Lee? Yeah. I mean, 16 games. You only get 16 games. So it's not like basketball or baseball where you got hundreds, you know, 80 something games, you know 100 games, Hold whatever on. it is. Hold on. I understand the point. Those might not be the best three. What about Tyron Smith? Tyron Smith. If he's already got an injury that he's been playing through and he's going to need to have surgery and going ahead yeah. and doing the surgery gets him back a little sooner, okay. then yeah, maybe. Well, Sean Lee's been dealing with hamstrings all year. Why he's going to need surgery? That, that's my no, point. I'm but, talking about surgery. Like, if you if there's going to need a, need to be a surgery in the off season for a particular injury you already have, and if you go ahead and do the surgery now, it just speeds that timeline up a little bit so that you're back and maybe get some of the off season work. Then I say go ahead and do it. But absent of that, let them play. I and you know what they would want to play. Yeah. Like right. Sean, Sean Lee wants to play every game that he's able Doesn't to that play. Affect in. his money too. Yeah, I mean, and I get that they're professionals. They're going to want to do their jobs. Whatever. I I'm it's it's my same thing with preseason games honestly like and I get that I'm in the minority in that 
if they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, if you've ever made a Pro State Bowl, everybody. if you've ever made a Pro Bowl or an All Pro team, you're done. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. because this- so right now, if you're the Giants, that's what you would do. You would you would take all those guys. They're mathematically eliminated. You would take all those guys that are your best players. And you would sit them down for a month. You can't do that, Dave. It's a little bit different in a situation like that where, I'm, I'm, with the Cowboys, we're probably talking about two games. We're probably like we're not talking about a whole month. Like if you're, yeah, if you're one in ten, you got to evaluate your team moving forward for the next season. There's a new regime coming in that wants to see that type of stuff. You're probably talking about a game or two here if the Cowboys are out. I wouldn't play them. Like this is a callous thing to say, but these guys are assets. That's what they are. Why are you subjecting them to needless risk? But your fans are assets, too. Yeah. The fans are the ones Good that point. pay them. And, they, and somebody's open up a Christmas present that says, hey, I get to go to the game on, to watch the Cowboys play the, the Seahawks. And because they're mathematically eliminated, I don't get to watch Dak. I don't get to watch Zeke. I don't get to watch Russell Wilson. I don't get to watch Richard Sherman because everyone's math. You know, I, I'm with you on that. That's a tough one. I, and I, I go back to the 16 games thing. You know, it, it, It's about playing. And I get your point. I mean, I know what you're saying about, you know, protecting them from next year, but there's not that many injuries that would happen there that prevent them from the next season. Not really. I mean, I mean a, a torn Achilles or something it, like that. The, those injuries exist. They exist. They, they exist. I, but I, I get they your point. Get hit by the bus by because they were inactive. Well, that they, well that's it. Goes back to the whole. I mean, that's. <laughs> so nobody gets hit hits by a bus. Well, it goes back to the whole <laughs> argument I had with Mickey in the summer, though. He's like, well. They'll just get hurt in the regular season game instead of the preseason game. And I say, well, let them get hurt. Voice, huh? Let them get hurt in a game that matters, Nick. <laughs> That's what I think. And I get I get what you're saying. The preseason like, thing is a lot, lot more. That makes, yeah, that makes a lot more sense to me. But 16 regular season games is all you get. And these guys, think about it. They practice all year long except for maybe oh. a couple months off. Just to be able to have 16 games. And I'm, I'm, like I said, I think they would all want to play. Like, I'm not suggesting that they're trying to get out of the games. I'm saying, I'd say, I'd be like, that's great. You want to play? Awesome. You, we weren't good enough before, and now there's no point to put you at risk. So, Sorry. who would you sit, Sean? If you've made a Pro Bowl, I would sit you. That's if, I mean, in a, again, in a, oh, so in, do you even have enough offensive linemen <laughs> to play? Oh, yeah. uh, we have to go for two because Bailey's not playing. <laughs> made a Pro Bowl. We'll make it work. <laughs> we'll make it work. <laughs> again, yeah, he, <laughs> we're talking about, we're talking about like one. Maybe two games, not like six. If you're the yeah. San Francisco 49ers, like yeah, I'm, I think I'm with you, know, Nick. I don't, I don't want little Johnny opening his present for Christmas morning, and I get to go to a football game, and none of the players are playing like that. There's something fundamentally. It's it's my whole complaint with the NBA and and kind of how they. And I understand why they do it, but I think for fans, the fans are the ones that get jilted because if you save your money to take your family to this yeah. one game or these two games because you want to see your favorite player. And there's no other reason that, that your other your, your player isn't playing other than just coach's decision. To me, there's well, something something fundamentally wrong with it. And you know what? That's probably why it makes sense to have like diverse voices in your power structure between coaching, front office, ownership. Because you need to have a voice that'll be like, uh, no, like we not got, good for fans. We got fifty thousand people yeah. wearing Zeke jerseys that are going to be here. Like he needs to play because you know. Again, and I'm thinking about this purely from a football standpoint. Like if the coaches had their way, they'd do stuff like that all the time. Yeah. Also, and you have to remember that kind of stuff because guess what? At the end of the day, and I know the guy around here says it a lot. We're in the entertainment business, yeah. and and if you're not considering the fact that how are you going to entertain your fans, then you're missing so, the point to some degree. If you won't, if you won't let me sit everybody that's made a Pro Bowl, what I would I'd say, oh, Sean, your hamstring's been terrible. Like you probably need surgery on that, right? You can do the Popovich route. Yeah, right? Sean, yeah. Ty, anybody. All right, anybody that's battled an injury, you're done. Surgery, on which I'm hamstring? a little bit more okay with huh? that. Can you get surgery? It's a joke, Amber. I know, I know. I was wondering that too. I'm like, uh, hamstring surgery. Um, Oh no, Sean, you have a hangnail. You need to have surgery, right? You can't play this week. Zeke lost so many um, potential incentives because with the six games, you know, suspension, you wonder if there's anything he can collect, make up. You know, he needs what, 237 to get to 1,000? But Zeke, that's the thing. Zeke hasn't played six games. So. You know he wants to play football. Oh yeah. So those two games, I don't think you sit him. That's that just wouldn't be. I don't think fair to him to then take another two games hey, from him where he could be out there. We spent twenty five minutes talking about the fact that they're going to win four straight, so they're playing. <laughs> I mean, we're, Good point. We're playing. 
All right. Thank you guys for joining us. We're back tomorrow. We're going to get back to our normal format. Tomorrow we're going to jump into the Giants. Dave's going to give us a scouting report and tell us all about these New York Giants. We'll do that tomorrow. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This, this has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!